Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny, where we're listening to all 92 Diamond Albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. But before anything else, here's our new segment. And welcome back to your music news. Relatively short today, Doja Cat has announced that she will not be joining the weekend on his After Hours Till Dawn, and she will not be making her festival run due to surgery on her tonsils. Hmm. Kurt Cobain smells like Teen Spirit guitar sales for $4.5 million at auction. That's an impressive amount of money. It is. Uh, so the new Elvis movie is out featuring Austin Butler, and apparently the whole Presley family praises his performance as Elvis, calling it an emotional experience. Aww. That's kind of sad, but also kind of nice because it's like a real, like a, an accurate portrayal. Yeah. Good for you, Austin Butler. Uh, Kanye, Kanye West <laughs> teams up with... A designer to reimagine McDonald's packaging. Yeah. Uh, the offspring singer, Dexter Holland, is now an HIV scientist. There you go. Dr. Dexter Holland earned his PhD in molecular biology in 2017, where he published a thesis on HIV research. He told Vice that he focused on HIV because 35 million people currently live with the virus and 1 million people a year die from it. Aerosmith's Steven Tyler has relapsed following foot surgery, forcing the band to postpone the launch of their upcoming tour. Bruce Springsteen, yep, Bruce Springsteen, and the E Street Band announced their first tour in six years. Christina Perry, for those of you who don't know, she sings A Thousand Years and uh, Jar of Hearts, announces her pregnancy. Congratulations. Bob Dylan celebrated his 81st birthday. Pop off. Let's give him a round of applause to Mr. Bob Dylan. <coughs> okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. I have to take some time to explain this one. I can't remember if I put it in the music news, but there was a lady who would plaster the genitalia of famous artists. I think you did talk about this. Okay. And she passed away at the age of 74. Her name is Cynthia, right? Rest in peace. Beautiful soul. Well, she became famous for doing it to Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Right? She did it with Jimmy's Jimmy. Correct. <laughs> now, that famous intimate uh, plaster is going to be sp- displayed at a museum. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's Jimmy is on display for all to see at this museum. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Second to last thing, over 1,000 musicians from 25 countries convened in Paris for the Rockin' 1000 concert where they paid tribute to Taylor Hawkins with a Foo Fighters cover, and I believe it was my hero. I think. I haven't seen it. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, Travis Scott is being sued for causing a stampede at Rolling Loud in 2019. So, just another lawsuit. And that is it for your music news. And we're back, but before we get into anything else, here's our social medias. The Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM P-O-D. The Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. The YouTube for our face and stuff, uh, Diamond Mind Podcast. Uh, you look up the Diamond Mind Podcast, you know it's us. Um, TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast, right? Yep. Or no, the YouTube is the Diamond Mind. I said that backwards. The YouTube is um, the Diamond Mind. Yeah. Um, am I missing anything else? Like, favorite, share, comment hit that subscribe button hit the notification bell <laughs> hit the do, 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 do. call me down and do. this first song actually no no <laughs> specs specs <laughs> specs 
This song was or no, this album was released February 24th, 1975. It's 15 songs long. The album is one hour, 23 minutes, and it went a whopping 16 times platinum. Now, before we really get into it, I would want to attempt to try and read what Apple Music said about this album because it is kind of interesting. So only kind of. Only slightly, kind of, <laughs> sort of. So, Led Zeppelin were on a tear in their early part of their career, releasing a streak of riff-driven albums between 1969 and 1973 that set a new standard in hard rock. While each of those first five records was created during a concentrated period of recording, much of the sixth, the double LP Physical Graffiti, drew from material at earlier sessions, tracks like the crunching Houses of... Oh my gosh, I just... Houses of the Holy, intended as the title track of their 1973 album, and the loose and lyrical record... Uh, no, and the loose and lyrical Down by the Seaside, written in 1970, and reworked for the group's fourth record, but ultimately not included, may have been meant for other projects, but they easily meet the band's exacting standards, and the odds and ends feel of physical graffiti is one of its strengths, showing, showing every side of Led Zeppelin in a single sprawling package. The extended format means the band can indulge every whim and include experiments that might have been harder to justify on a single disc. The proggy bluesy and My Time of Dying slinking along on the back of some of Jimmy Page's greasiest slide guitar work stretches past 11 minutes, shifting from a deathly crawl to a raucous double-time romp. Wow, okay. Uh, meanwhile, the gorgeous acoustic instrumental, I don't know how to pronounce this song, the brawn one, yeah, uh, yeah, LeBron James. Yeah, that one, that song. Showcases the group's interest in mystical folk, and Boogie with Stu is a ragged and joyous jam on an old Richie Valens tune. Valens, Valens, what? I think it's Valens. Richie Valens, Richie Valens. Okay. Richie Van Halen. Him. Mm-hmm. La uh, Bamba. Correct. Physical Graffiti has its share of rock radio classics, too, seeing the haunting cashmere, which mixes a punishing groove with Middle Eastern modes and features one of Robert Plant's most unhinged vocals. In the supremely funky Trampled Underfoot, John Paul Jones credits Stevie Wonder as the inspiration for its clavinet-delivered uh, stomp. In these brilliant and widely loved songs, as much as the lesser-known gems that surround them, Physical Graffiti proves that as the second half of the 70s dawn, Zep Zep, that's it. We're still making more killer music than they knew what to do with. And it's also funny reading this after we made our notes because some of our notes align exactly with this. And that's how we know we're good at our jobs. <laughs> now, let's get into this first All right. song. This first song is called Custard Pie. Um, Custard? There's a nice riff that drives this song along. Uh, I really like the instrumentation in the song in general. Uh, or Led Zeppelin songs as a whole. They're just all very good at their instrument. Um, you'll occasionally hear a walking bass line in this song, and John Bonham's drums are very present. Um, this song almost feels like a jam sesh to me, and that's how a lot of these songs feel, especially the longer ones where they're just kind of playing around with different sounds. I really appreciate that. Um, vocals, though, very non-understandable in yeah. parts, yeah. Uh, just because... You know, like, there's, like, a certain point where it's just so up there. It's like, it's wow, like that's, that's where it's just like, Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny hearing him talking about chewing on her custard pie. I just, I just thought it was funny. Um, I really like this one, though, and I listened to this, this one uh, in the car today because we listened to this album yesterday. So. Yeah. Uh, also, was it you saying, like, their instruments, whatever, they're good, they've mastered their instruments? Was it um, their last album, their like first namesake or whatever we did already? 
Was that the one where we said they were speaking through their instruments? I think so. Is it this group that we talked about? Yeah, I, I mean that sounds about right. Honestly. They really do just like I don't know who else. They're such there. masters at their craft, craft. that they. <laughs> they're such masters at their craft that they can yeah. just express their emotion through it like that. It's crazy. Right. All right. So Genius Lyrics said that the difficult to comprehend lyrics that are full of sexual double entendres, these pay homage to several different blue songs like Drop Down Mama, Shake Em On Down, and I Want Some Of Your Pie. Whip. The instrumentation of the track is fast and contains a few solos. Jimmy Pages uses... Okay, Genius Lyrics, y'all need to really proofread your um, commentary. And he, Jimmy Page uses wah-wah effects on a synthesizer while Robert Plant opts for a traditional harmonica solo. John Bonham. That's his first name, right? John? Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I just, like, blacked out. Do you think it was Bon Johnham? <laughs> John Bon Johnham. <laughs> John Bon Jovi Bonham. <laughs> bon John Bonham. Anyway... <laughs> Um, anyways, drumming is also prominent throughout the entirety of the track. Now, Genius Lyrics makes a comment about every single part except for the bass line. And I will stand and I will die on the hill that the bass is one of the most underrated parts, like key parts of any rock band. But Facts. Um, and that bass, you can very, you can hear, hear it very distinctly peek through every few measures in between the lyrical sections, and I appreciated that. Next. The next song is called The Rover. It opens up with a guitar solo. I think that's cool because most songs are scared to do stuff like that, and so they'll put the solo after like the second verse or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets very d- dirty with his voice in the sense of like the graveliness yeah. in this song. Uh, very interesting artistic choice. I like that. Already differing up the vocals between the verse and the second song. Um, second guitar soloist. Uh, there was a part at about 4.30 where he's essentially screaming over and over, If we could just join, if we could just join, if we could just join yes, hands! Okay, yeah. And I really thought that was a cool variation on the thing that he had been saying over and over, if we could just join hands. And it just, like, he's really hammering that home. Uh, this song is another banger. I'm digging it. It's funny because you commented on the 4.30 mark when he does that. When I tell you I thought I died. Somebody's just popping off outside. I did not know what that was. Because at first I thought someone was hitting the wall. And I was like, that's from the closet. <laughs> I was like, that's in your closet. And we're like, what would we have done? I'd jump. I would jump out the window. I'd There's screens. Out. You act like this big body can't bust through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, dude, I'd be out. I'd flip the table. I'd haul it out. I, I'm going to throw up thinking about it. So let's not. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, it's funny that you comment about the 4.30 mark because I comment on the about four minutes and just after the 4.30 mark towards the yeah. end. I'll get to that. But first off, Genius Lyrics says this song reflects a nomad meaning and it surfaces through much of the lyrics as well since they detail different places and has been performed by Led Zeppelin only in fragmented forms, never as an entire studio track. Back to my notes. So far, I... You know, at this point, I do like how gritty and raw the instruments and his voice sound. Can we not? Okay, like they oh, literally... Oh, It's Memorial Day weekend. Oh, facts. It might be fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> this might have not been the best night to record, but you know... Well, no, I mean, people still do shoot. Uh, the old so, you know what I'm saying? 
we'll get to that later too. <laughs> anyway, um, and I also made the comment that his voice, you said it sounded very gravelly, but it also sounded extremely fuzzy and like it was a little looked over with very minimal amount of mix with his mm-hmm. voice. Uh, which is funny because we listened to the remastered version. So you think they would like mix know, it a little bit, like mess yeah, around with it? I don't make it a little more prominent, something. Yeah. But I guess I wanted to keep it just slightly cleaner, but still with the same uh, tone. Yeah, sure. Anyway, but this does sound like they performed it live all together in the studio, and that was just a final cut. And Nate said for the last song, you know, it sounds like it's just a jam session or whatever. And I thought that that's how this song sounded. Um. Now, at about the four-minute part, I don't know what it was, but something just hit me, and it sounded like Janis Joplin to me. It sounded very, like, yeah. just her speed, you know. Um, and then, towards the end of the song, Robert just ad-libs while the band finishes out for the last minute. Like, overall, I really just enjoyed this song. Good stuff. This next one is sure. called In My Time of Dying. This one is 11 minutes long, and I comment that this is about to be some super artistic rock ballad. Uh, it starts with some, like, western-sounding slide guitar, and by western I mean, like, yeehaw. Uh, intro is badass. I can say badass, right? Yeah. Okay. The intro is badass. He really makes the guitar sing into that driving repeated riff. Wow, I really like that. Uh, this song is a trip, though. He's like yelling and Jesus at, at Jesus yeah. to meet him and then bring him wings if his wings fail. He's talking and, about hearing things uh, in the field, seeing things in the yes, field. Yes, uh, this one is also like a jam sesh, like a really this really long song. It's just they switch through these like I don't want to say movements because they go back no, to some things, but I, they're kind they're kind of like movements. I, I guess. wrote almost the exact same thing. Um, John Bottom is so good, and I just wanted to say that right now. Uh, around 7.30, he goes really, really crazy on the drums. Uh, this song was a little strange, and I would not listen to this regularly, no. but I, it was still interesting, and I enjoyed myself. I would play it in the background of me doing things. Yes, it was an interesting ride. Yes. But it's not something that I'm going to like Go... sling onto my playlist. That is a fact. Go back to the beginning of your notes. What did you say? Uh, Western, sounding slide guitar. Rock ballad. Okay, that's what I want to highlight uh, okay, okay, on okay. that. You said rock ballad. You said almost like movements. I'm going to get to that in a second because I wrote the exact same things down. Bowel movements. <laughs> BM. Okay. Poopy. Three cheers for Poopy. Hip hip. Boom. <laughs> okay. This is Led Zeppelin's longest studio recording with a length of 11 minutes, 6 seconds. All four of the members of Led Zeppelin were listed with the credits of the songs, despite the song, Singular, despite being a traditional gospel that had already been recorded by several others, namely Jesus Make Up My Dying Bed by Blind Willie Johnson, Bob Dylan's In My Time of Dying, and John Sebastian's Well, Well, Well. This, along with When the Levee Breaks, contains some of Page's most famous slide guitar playing. This song was also made famous as performed by Chris Cornell as the last song of his set before the night of his death in Detroit. Different movements almost make it like a rock opera before rock opera was a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's my note. That's not genius lyrics. You got that connection. <laughs> Moons. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, similar to how Nate said this, this was a wild ride 
about dying and seeing Jesus. And I don't think Robert and Jimmy are the religious kind of people because we did look it up and try to see. But honestly, great ending. Most exceptional. This next song is called Houses of the Holy. Uh, yeah. I already love the guitar in this off the rip. Mwah. Uh, lots of spirituality in this album thus far. Mm-hmm. thought that was very interesting. This one kind of takes it back to more of a, a basic rock and roll rather than, than a super experimental ballady type feel. Um, especially in comparison to In My Time of Dying. Uh, definitely a lot easier listening than the last one. Something that I would listen to a lot more often and probably throw on the playlist because this one is very enjoyable. I also listened to this one today. Uh, this is like something that I'd show uh, to someone to introduce them to to oh. Led Zeppelin. Like this is this one might be my favorite on the very album. nice. I'll be honest. I can't remember if I said that to you, but it might be. Anyway, so this song was recorded in May of 1972. The song is meant to refer to the auditoriums and arenas in which Zeppelin performed as if there was a sort of holy feel to the air at those venues. Oh, yeah, I did say this song was... One Kobe Bryant. Oh, I rimmed it. This is the second day in a row. It's okay, I have another one. Anyway, I think this was my favorite song, at least thus far, because I said it was just plain, simple, immaculate. Uh, this is the classic 70s rock um, that Led Zeppelin, you know, we're used to them playing. I said this was an 11 out of 10 with groove, funk, and more cowbell. It's everything you could ever need. This is perfect for those Guitar Hero celebrations where, you know, you got the claps, and then they throw up the hands and do the nod thing. Yeah. Yeah. We can move on. <laughs> um, this next song is called Trampled Underfoot. Uh, this one is also similar style to the last one. Uh, the instrument they're playing at 2.30, the clavinet, which Laney commented on earlier. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, not really what, not really what I expected out of them. Um, they're almost like falling off the beat in parts too. Like it's soup. it's a super artsy fartsy kind of solo going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how I felt about it. Now that I've like listened to it again and kind of internalized it, I liked it. But in the like initial listen, I was like, I don't, I don't know, because it was it was a little weird. But uh, I've grown to like it now. Um, it, it it was cool, but it felt weird in the context off the rip. Uh, the song cool. itself is a little repetitive, but it is solid and easy to listen to, and. Uh, just like a solid, I, like six and six out of ten, six and a half. Out basically, of ten. wrapped all of that up in one word, and it was just funky. Yeah, it funky definitely song. is funky. So the lyrics were inspired by Robert Johnson's 1936 song "Terraplane Blues." A terraplane is a classic car, and the song uses car parts as metaphors for you guessed it, yes. Per Wikipedia. <laughs> Trampled Underfoot is one of Plant's favorite Led Zeppelin songs, and he sang it at his daughter Carmen's 21st birthday party in November of 89, which is really kind of gross if you think about it for too long. Yeah, that is gross. Well, we can move on. <laughs> uh, this next song is called Cashmere. Yeah. Uh, the intro kind of sounds like superheroes. 
there's like an iconic little brass part that goes throughout the song. You get introduced to it at about one minute in. Love it. Uh, bless my soul. Uh, I like their incorporation of orchestral things in their songs sometimes, like the Beatles. Um, another thing similar they do to the Beatles uh, is they have like a little Middle Eastern slash Asian part during the song. Sorry, I'm really uncultured. and It's, I mi- it's don't... Middle Eastern. Okay. Uh, it's, I'm really uncultured, so I just could not tell. Um, it's at about 340 is mm-hmm. when that kicks in. Uh, this song is a vibe. The outro is very dramatic. Um, this is another one that kind of has movements. It's a longer song, and I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's actually funny that you bring up the Beatles because when I found out what instrument they used to play the different like strings and brass, yeah, the Beatles actually used the same type of instrument. That's cool. It was very popular back then, even though it's very difficult tool to work with. But I'll get into that and explain it in a minute. So, Cashmere was written after Led Zeppelin's 1973 tour about a drive through an area in Morocco. Mm-hmm. It's the Middle Eastern sound. As documented by Wikipedia, very good source for you all who don't know, by the way, Robert Plant told music journalist Cameron Crowe, the whole inspiration came from the fact that the road went on and on and on. It was a single-track road which neatly cut through the desert. Two miles to the east and west were ridges of sand rock. It basically looked like you were driving down a channel, this dilapidated road, and there was seemingly no end to it. Cashmere is both a fan favorite and a live staple that was played at nearly every concert after its release, which is understandable, and it features one of the most memorable Led Zeppelin riffs as someone who isn't a huge... Okay, this is me now. As someone who isn't a huge Led Zeppelin fan, I can say without a doubt that this song is 1,000% recognizable, and I guarantee that if you... I mean, if you've heard it before, you... Like you, you just know. You just know. It's like an it, it like it says an iconic Led Zeppelin riff. Even if you don't know, like it's Led Zeppelin. It yeah. You just you just know the song. Okay. Um, purely iconic. I really. I okay. I made the comment that it was just like beautiful, man. And I got that. This is completely random. I don't know how I found the song, but it's by Doctor Hook and the Medicine Show. And they have a song called Cover of the Rolling Stone, where they basically just sing about how they want to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and at the very end, after he does like this disc, like horrible guitar solo, and they're like, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, getting into the instrument I was talking about at the beginning. So it is called, I believe, a Mellotron that John Paul Jones used. And it was actually used in a lot of Led Zeppelin recordings, and it was basically an early form of a sampler. So it's a keyboard instrument that uses magnetic tape for its sound bank, and each key has a, like a magnetic tap head thing on it. And the tape uses pre-recorded sounds like the string sections that they had in the song, for example, or the brass or whatever. But the problem with the Mellotron is that the tape has to be continuously played to produce a sound. And so when the tape is unspooling, you can't make any more music. Then mm. you have to like rewind the tape all over again. But despite that, these were very popular. Um, there was another comment I wanted to use. Very. Er, if I find it, if I find it, I might not be able to find it. But basically, like the Beatles used it. It was very popular back then, and then they decided to like transition into different, more modern instruments. But despite the difficulties, it was a very modern thing, or a very common thing. Next song. All right. Before we get on to the next song, uh, I want to address something you said earlier. Wikipedia is not a bad source, okay? I use it. They literally, they they have to cite everything 
Yeah. Like every piece of information, they have to cite where they got it. But the teachers are always like, Wikipedia's never. And also, Wikipedia nowadays, you can't just go and edit it. Like you you can't. You can't do that anymore. Like if you put something stupid like Prince Charles eats farts, like it's gonna get taken down and it's gonna you're gonna be blocked from editing. And that's just how it is. Wikipedia is not a bad source. Hashtag justice for Wikipedia. That's his wiki rant. And we're back. So this next song is called In the Light. Uh, the synth kind of sounds like bagpipes because it's got that drone in the back. You know how like the bagpipes are like... Yeah. It's got that going on. Uh, it's got yeah. a minute and 40 second intro. Uh, the song sounds like I'm being abducted by aliens. Uh, back to the bagpipe synthesizer halfway through. They kind of like drop off after the intro, but then it's back. Uh, just like Slim Shady, baby. Uh, the second half is almost like a triumphant ballad. I definitely like the second half better than the first. I just wasn't, uh, I can't remember why I wasn't digging the first half. But the intro definitely being a minute and a half, I was like, jeez, this is a long intro. Uh, <laughs> That's probably what it was then. But, uh, I definitely like the second half better than the first. I like the triumphant yeah. feeling. It was very pleasant to the ears. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually did think it was the bagpipes at first, but... Mm-hmm. This was composed mostly by John Paul Jones using a synthesizer instead of the bagpipes. For the song's intro, Jimmy Page used Jimmy Page used a violin bow to play his guitar as he had previously done on Dazed and Confused and How Many More Times, giving it a unique sound to complement the synthesizer. The track was built upon a previously written song called In the Morning and was originally titled Take Me Home. Led Zeppelin were never able to play the track live because the sound of the synthesizer cannot be reproduced outside of the studio at the time. Jimmy Page labeled the song as a follow-up to Stairway to Heaven. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I basically wrote that this is one big acid trip, and if you know, you know. Uh, this next song is... Brawnier uh- <laughs> bon- Brawnier Hour. LeBron James. Uh, it's just an instrumental. It feels like they're by the campfire jamming. Uh, they're very good at their instruments, and they're just kind of showing this off here. Um, genuinely, like, I know I talk about vibes a lot, but this is a genuine good vibe. Are you looking up how to pronounce it? Yeah. It's trying. It's trying. Peace, upgrade, eek, and common. B. What is this? Broniar. Broniar? <laughs> no way. Broniar. I don't even understand. You know what, LeBron James. Anyways, that's all I gotta say about LeBron James. I don't understand the name, but whatever. My notes are really short. So this is a gentle and intense acoustic piece. This song is the perfect seg... Way. Yeah, but please look at how Genius Lyrics has it spelled. Yeah, the word Segway is different than the vehicle Segway. Swear. Never mind, never mind, never mind. Okay, anyway, this is a perfect segue into Down by the Seaside, originally written for Led Zeppelin 3. It is the shortest song recorded by Led Zeppelin, and it is played in the open C6 tuning. That's it. (laughs) Uh, This next song is called Down by the Seaside. Sounds like old country music. Uh, I really like this one. There's some on and ooing. Real catchy. Uh, this one is actually, I think, my favorite on the album. Uh, very easy listening. Uh, I just really enjoyed 
it, it was quite the bit of a step back, and I mean it's a transition. The Bron ear R or whatever transitioned into this one well, but uh, the the way this one contrasted from the other songs on this album, yeah. at least up to this point, I really appreciated that, and I just you know. If you're out there making an album, whatever kind of album, and you want, for some reason, to impress me, which, like, my opinion literally doesn't matter, but, um... That's fair. Variety, man. Please. Variety. Please add some flavor. If you're just saying the same thing over and over... mm. You know how white people season their food? Bland. Yes. Yes. Put some seasoning in it. Yes. Uh, Yes. Anyways, this is turn. (laughs) <laughs> also, you say this is your favorite song on the album. I actually had this one like downloaded on my phone and listened to it. Uh-huh. So this is probably the one I was most familiar with because I did try to stay away from Cashmere. I'll be uh-huh. honest. Um, so yeah, this is a very solid song. I would also recommend this song as a starting point for Led Zeppelin as well as, yeah, sure, Cashmere or, um, I'm blanking, Houses of the Holy? Yeah. Houses of the Holy, yes. Okay. Anyway, down by the seaside, Paige and Plant use nostalgic and nature-esque themes to remind us to slow down and relax, to remember the simple things in life and not get caught up in the maniacal ways of modern society. John Paul Jones plays electric piano. Yep. And Paige adds a heavy tremolo effect to the guitar line throughout much of the song. Down by the seaside was never performed live, which is... A shame. It is. That's a pure shame. True, honest disgrace. In 1995, Plant and Tori Amos sure, recorded a cover version for the album. Um, I don't even care anymore. A tribute to Led Zeppelin. But the only notes that I put on, you kind of said Western-esque. And I get that they say nature-esque. But I said it was Western and kind of like the surfer-esque. You know how... um. No, what's his name? Dick Van Dyke? No. No, that's not it. His name is Dick something. Dick Van Dyke was a show. (laughs) 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 It's going to kill me if I can't figure this out. Hold on, hold on. How old Richard? Dick Dale! Where it's like the... You know, like that famous one? That's what it reminded me of on this one. Anyway, we can move on. I'm this, really stupid on this episode. Uh, Sorry, this guys. next song is called Ten Years Gone. Has a very similar vibe to the last one, Soft Rock. And I'm enjoying this feel that they're giving. It was a nice little little break in the middle of this album. Um, there's a little guitar solo at around 2.40. And he's really just dancing all over the neck and just displaying how mastered he is at his instrument. Uh, and it fits the feel of this song perfectly. It's not an overbearing solo. It's very nice, and this one is also very pleasant to listen to. Dancing on the neck, my favorite Mortal Kombat fatality. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing on the hitting the whip and the nene on like Scorpion's neck. Ah, I was sorry. Some crazy like tap dance moves mm-hmm. over here. No. Also, yeah, I really just <laughs> I am really stupid this episode. Also, if you made it this far, my T-shirt's from a Drake Bell concert in high school. I forgot he came to our school, bro. Yeah, and then one of my friends took her extensions out and handed it to him. <laughs> what do you do? I said, and threw it. And she goes, I need that back. <laughs> so she had to ask the keyboardist to give it back to her. Anyway. Now he's in prison. Or, if he's not, he should be. Yeah. <laughs> and he changed his name. <laughs> but whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever. Ten years 
Mother's Gone is about a relationship in which Robert Plant's partner made him choose between either staying with her or pursuing his dream. And <laughs> I guess we see what she chose because honestly, she wasn't the one if she can't support your dream with you. Oh, God. Anyway, this sounds, it sounded like a love ballad to me, but in their own, like, rock twist, you know? Yeah. And, and psychedelic twist apparently is what I wrote down. And there's also that second person point of view as he tells his story, basically pulling the listeners in and making them feel like they've actually experienced that. And there's like that personal connection, which I really like. I really appreciate that. Um, this also, now I know I mentioned this in our last uh, Led Zeppelin episode. If you haven't looked at that, go watch that or listen to it or whatever. Greater Van Fleet, you know. It sounds like Safari Song by Greta Van Fleet. Which I kind of liked. Just mainly their main guitar um, riff or whatever. We can move on. Uh, uh, this next song is called Night Flight. Uh, this one has bluesy undertones. This one, I'm not going to lie, it was like a 6 out of 10 for me. Just kind of okay. Yeah. There was nothing super duper crazy about this one. It was still enjoyable. I like the feeling of escape that the song talks about. Um, subject matter is there, but there's nothing super dazzling about this one. But, you know, this whole album has been crazy. So, I can't blame them I for mean, that. I mean, what, 15 songs? Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. So You're I mean, not going to have every song as a absolute tactical nuke, you know? Right. And, but I like how different it is, though. Yes, yes. This I feel is what that. people should follow instead of listening to... Look at his photograph seven times in a row. Every time I do it makes me laugh. <laughs> anyway, night flight. <laughs> what is this? what is the line? <laughs> Look at what on, what's on Jimmy's head. What is it? What's the line? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We're gonna take a brief time out. <laughs> We're gonna take an ad break <laughs> from Nickelback. Can you imagine Chad Kroger? <laughs> Chad Kroger, we love you, Chad. Oh my god, take her What the hell is on Joey's <laughs> That's what it is. Because <laughs> I remember when he first heard that, we were like, what? <laughs> what is that lyric? And we looked it up. Oh. If you want to find out what that lyric is about, I guess just go watch the other. Wasn't that literally episode. our second episode? Or second or third? It was early because Nickelback was low on this list. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Night Flight. This song was mostly written by John Paul Jones, whom is listed with writing credits first, for obvious reasons, I suppose. Jimmy Page's guitar is played through a Leslie speaker on this track. The song was originally recorded during December of 1970-slash-January 1971 and was meant to be included on the band's untitled fourth studio album. It is about a man that tries to evade being drafted for the military during the Vietnam War. Knowing the meaning of the song while listening made me like the song more, but it was just slightly too repetitive for my liking. Um, like Nate mentioned, has that kind of bluesy feel, I guess, to it. Which, I mean, it, I think it kind of gives it, like, it dabbles in that genre. Yeah. Just to give it a little bit more emphasis or kind of, like, swing the mood a little bit through this yeah, album. Facts. For what the song was actually about. Um, I could definitely play this. As background music as well, or just like driving or something, because it does have a very solid rhythm to it, but it's just not something I would listen to all the time. Um, next. This next song is called The Wonton Song. I've heard this one. Opening riff, infectious. 
let me give let me give a little definition of something first in in layman's terms. Uh, dissonance in music is basically when some notes together will like crunch or rub, so it's like it doesn't sound exactly spectacular. But then usually dissonance is used to resolve to a chord that sounds super good and it makes a chord more relieving to hear. Uh, there's some dissonance around two ten, and I really love that. People are too scared of dissonance nowadays because. Uh, it's perceived as bad and people don't know how to resolve it. Um, they're so skilled, they are, they as in a Led Zeppelin, are so skilled at, it feels like they're just messing around on their instruments and just having a good time. And I just think that's such a great, uh, not aspect, uh, trait to have mm-hmm. with your music. Um, it falls right back into that opening riff groove towards the end. Uh, this song is just badass. I'm feeling it. it. Yeah, this is a great song. Another one to introduce somebody to Led Zeppelin to. Yes. Um, so the one ton song is a result of sound checks on their tour in 1973. So it kind of was just like a jam session. That's cool. That's um, super cool. Jimmy Page decided to work on the song at his manor house, is what this. <laughs> okay, whatever. Imagine having a manor house. <laughs> That's so just like elegant. Okay. Yeah, that's that's his house where he keeps his elbows off the table and tucks in his shirt every day There's and just, just abides his manners. There's one like huge room with a grand piano in the center, uh-huh. and that's it. And like a giant library, grand staircase. His that's dining table has like the napkins folded so they're standing up, and they're like they're it's like, like, like the dogs. salad <laughs> fork and then the regular fork. <laughs> you have to work your way in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so he. Uh, changed it to feature a sharp, aggressive riff between two notes, one octave apart, which I'm assuming is what you're mentioning when you talk about dissonance. Yes. Um, not unlike Immigrant Song. The song's lyrical content is laced with desire similar to the opener of the album, Custard Pie. The word wonton can mean willful and deliberate, but also sexually indiscriminate and mocking in ambition, which ties into the theme of the song. I love the riff. And I love the blare that they had um, after each instrumental break, where it would then the oh my gosh, welcome to the English language. <laughs> anyway, the, the guitar, the instruments would just blare out, and then it would come back I'm into sorry. the verse. You know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, thank you. I really liked how they put that in there because the second time it happened, you said, "Whoa, that's really cool," and yeah, whatever. I'm gonna move on from that. I also really like the lyrics. The whole desire theme seems like it wasn't really in the forefront because that's not really what I gathered from this song. I just thought it was a great song. And maybe it's because I wasn't hardcore paying attention to the lyrics or like the overall mood or whatever. But great song. Let's move on. This next song is called Boogie with Stew. So bluesy. So bluesy. And I love that. Uh, it's even got that boogie woogie piano, like the dum da dum da dum da dum da dum da That's that's the guitar line, but on the piano he's like, but I'm I'm just really appreciating that. The vocals are almost like behind the instrumentation, and I like that because it really feels like he's just singing in a bar with no mic, and it's really grasping that bluesy feel by the neck and just like ah blues, dancing on that neck. I was. Getting down so hard to this, I remember I was hitting the Gangnam style to this. Um, I love the blues. I think the blues need a comeback. I think jazz needs a comeback. I think funk needs a comeback, and I think funk is on the comeback. But um, 
Yeah, man. This song, banger. Peace. It's such a yeah, because I was trying to think. I was like, what dance do you do to like this kind of song? Is it the jive? Like, what was it? And then you started doing the Gangnam Style. But I was, I was hitting like, it though. I was like, one, two, and three. And went with it, yeah. I mean, this song, the title's Boogie with Stew. It's, it really was a boogie with stew. Like, I'll just be honest. Okay, dude. <laughs> anyway, Stew refers to Ian Stewart, who played the piano. You know. And he was also the piano player for the Rolling Stones, hence that bluesy sound, which Paul McCartney called them out for earlier, if you haven't seen that music news. Um, though he only appeared on albums and not live because management didn't think he fit the image of Led Zeppelin. Huh. Which is so <laughs> whack. But this was an informal jam session with Stewart on an out-of-tune piano with Plant on acoustic guitar and Paige on mandolin. That's so freaking cool that they can just do that, and then bam, they made bangers. Yeah, and the song was never performed live, like I already said. Lyrics were nicked from Richie Valens, Valens, uh, Oh My Head, for which he sued in 1979. Huh. There you go. How about that? Fun fact. Next. Uh, this next song is called Black Country Women, and this isn't... Is it women or woman? Uh, I thought it was women. Uh, it's, it's women or woman, but this isn't as in African-American country women, it's the black country and the women that live in the black country, correct? Yeah, I'll explain Um, Western feel again, uh, I like that about this album, they have very distinct sounds, sometimes it's basic rock, sometimes it's super experimental ballady, sometimes it's western, sometimes it's bluesy, and I love that. Uh, this song, this song, this song, this song, this song, this big old fat meaty schlong, uh, slowly turns into a rock song as they later on include drums. Uh, if this song had a wiener, it'd be huge, and I was really enjoying myself. <laughs> that's all you're thinking, that's all you said, slong. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I, I didn't want to spoil it, but yes, that is why I said slong. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah. this is an acoustic track, dripping with desire like many other tracks on the album. It was recorded in Mick Jagger's Garden in 1972 and was originally intended for Houses of the Holy, but was dropped for unknown reasons. The track was placed on physical graffiti to extend... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going to sit there and you're going to tell me they have an album, Houses of the Holy. And, and that's the song, a, Houses of the Holy, isn't on it? Isn't on it, yeah. Maybe I, it's on it twice. Go look, because I know you had that t-shirt of Houses of the Holy. Yeah. And I don't know why I just made that connection that the song isn't on the album. No, it's not. That's weird. That's very strange. Respect, though. But very strange. Anyway, but it was dropped for unknown reasons. The track was placed on physical graffiti to extend the running time as Led only had one and a half albums worth of material for the double album. A propeller-driven plane flew overhead as the recording reels were rolling for the song, and the beginning of the track, or at the beginning of the track, the sound engineer Eddie can be heard saying, "Don't want to get this airplane on." To which Robert Plant replies, "Nah, leave it in, yeah." Badass. Fun fact. So the song meanings. Okay, uh, this is from the actual song meanings website because I did want to kind of like dive into it a little bit more. One person said, basically, it's talking about another woman. These guys never had a lack of infatuation with hippie chicks. And this girl just kind of left them behind her or uh, whatever. hippie chicks. <laughs> and maybe she just didn't like the pickup line, thus the beer in the face. 
Another said, I think this had to do with Robert Plant's affair with his wife's younger sister. What is and what should never be was written about her too. This man had a problem. And another person said, the black country is part of the West Midlands in England. It gets its name from all the coal mines that used to be there. There was a famous pub where the band members of Zeppelin used to drink. And that's like, hence talking about a woman at the pubs in the black country. I'm very down with hippie culture. When I said you hippie women, it's mostly just because I, I like guarantee you hippies stunk. I guarantee you hippies stunk so bad. Anyways, this yeah. last song is called Sick Again. Uh, there's a crescendo throughout the song, so it gets louder throughout the song. And it all just hits the freaking wall at 1.30-ish. Uh, everyone is just going ham and taking this album out with a bang. And it drops back down and it does it all again at three minutes in. John Bonham, especially going ham. Uh, that's why he's the goat. The Von goat. Uh, I like when he says, do you know my name? Do I look the same? The guitar plays yeah. the exact same notes along with him. A great ending to the album. Great song. Mwah. Which, it, that was common on several of the tracks on uh-huh. this album. How the instrumentation and the lyrics for would the vocalists would perfectly line up. Beautiful. It's, and it perfectly lines up because they can just make their instruments sing like that, dog. It's not just about playing the same notes. It's about expression. Yeah. All right. Sick Again describes an experience with a groupie, which is someone... Uh... You know. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I go back to the tour bus every now and then. Um, Sometimes in search of their own fame. All right. So imagine having Led Zeppelin or a song about you as a groupie. Which is exactly what you want. And they don't say who you are. Or maybe it's about all the groupies that they've been with. Or maybe it's just about groupies in general. I don't know. I don't know. But I will say that this song had some nice, heavy bass drum kicks. And I didn't really write anything too analytical because I was just letting this one feel itself out. 1 through 92, how you feeling, lady? I'm pretty sure this is sitting at 37. Probably. Maybe. And until we kind of started talking about it, I was like, I could go either way of either rounding it up to 35 or rounding it down to 40. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might put this in the 20s. Yeah. Um, when we first listened to this, I thought that this was definitely going to be lower than the the yeah. uh, first Led Zeppelin song we, or Led Zeppelin album we listened to. Mm-hmm. I like... Led Zeppelin a lot though, so it was definitely going to be higher than the position it's in, but it was going to be lower than the first one, uh, if you understand what I'm saying. But now that I'm sitting here and reflecting on it, and we've, I've listened to some of these songs over and over again, um, this one might be higher than the last Led Zeppelin album and could quite honestly break into my high teens. I really like this album. Um, I just love the experimentation, the differ, different, the different sounds they use uh, throughout this album. Yeah. It's not one concrete thing. And if you're gonna have mm. a 15 song, one hour and a half album, you're gonna want some uh, differentiation. And uh, they definitely deliver that here, and I really appreciate that. John Bottoms the Goat, Blood Zeppelin Forever. Considering several of these were jam sessions. Yeah. Proven jam sessions and several others sounding like it. 
I wonder what inspired them to do a double album. I wonder if that was just because their managers were like, hey, let's put this out. Like, Or if they just doing? had if that they much genius. Because like, the majority of the songs were written before. Yeah. So if they were like, yeah, let's just do it. They're probably just overflowing with genius. Also, I actually have two... I don't know if they're two different pressings of the album. I know one of them was my dad's dad's, so it was like actually from the 70s. Oh, dang. And then we have another one. I don't know if that was too or mm. not, but... Yeah, my dad's dad's kind of in that hippie spectrum. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, and yeah, sometimes he does stink. <laughs> Alright, so you have anything to say before we start wrapping this thing up? Hey, listen to this. Uh, the social medias, the Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM POD, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast, the YouTube, uh, for our face and stuff, the Diamond Mind, if you look up the Diamond Mind Podcast, it, we should be the first thing that pops up. Um, TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast, share, like, subscribe, comment, email, whatever. Um, write us five stars, please yes. share us with your friends. Please watch, please watch us or listen to us. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Um... Subscribe, comment, like. Yes. Donate money if you want this to get better than it already is. <laughs> I don't want your money. Or if you want to see special content, let us know. We'll work on something. Uh, okay, so this has been the Diamond Online Podcast. We'll be back at you next week with Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. <laughs>